Good morning on this Monday morning. Welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. We left off yesterday, if you were joining us, uh, talking in chapter 4 of the book of Galatians concerning Hagar, concerning the two covenants, uh, one in Mount Sinai, one in Mount Zion, uh, the two covenants that uh, define uh, basically the people that are free, the people that are in bondage, uh, the people under the law, the people under the spirit. And it uses an allegory uh, of Sarah and Hagar uh, to explain it. So let's look at it, reading in the book of Galatians in chapter 4, verse 21. It starts, Tell me, you that desire to be under the law. Remember, in the book of Galatians, the apostle Paul says that I am crucified to Christ or with Christ. I am crucified with him, but I am also crucified to the law. Uh, He mentions that I am also crucified to the flesh and that the world is also crucified to me and I'm crucified unto the world. He explains very clearly the concept and the idea of what was accomplished on the cross. And to get away from the cross, whether it's our eyes, whether it's our mind, whether it's our thinking, whether it's our actions, whether it's our words, to get away from the cross is to put ourselves at risk of going back or falling back into the law or falling back into the works of the flesh uh, in in our lives, uh, trying to accomplish good works on our own behalf, on our own merit, and from there, uh, gaining God's favor for salvation. And that's not the way it works. Here, Paul goes on to explain in the book of Galatians very clearly how uh, Ishmael and Isaac and Hagar and Sarah uh, Mount Zion, this is Zion, and 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 the New Jerusalem, and the uh, the Jerusalem that is now here on earth. How all of these things are an allegory to explain our spiritual walk in the spirit and our natural walk in our physical bodies according to the law. So if we keep that in mind, let's go ahead and read. It says in verse number uh, 22, For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a bondwoman, the other by a free woman. The bondwoman is believed that maybe it was during the time in chapter 12 of the book of Genesis that when Abraham was over there and... uh, One of the kings wanted to have her. Eventually, God revealed to the king to let her go that, you know, she was a a woman that that was separated into Abraham, who was called a prophet of God. And the scripture says and teaches us that when Abraham left there, the king or the pharaoh uh, gave Abraham a lot of servants, both maidservants and manservants. Uh, and and blessed them with all kinds of other things also. Well, let's believe that maybe possibly one of these uh, bond women that was of, of Egypt uh, was 
was uh, one of the ones that was given unto Abraham. And from there, now it was customary that if the wife was not fertile, that they could take uh, another woman and by proxy that woman uh, could bear uh, a child for the woman that could not have children on her own. That was customary, That, but it went to her head. I mean, all of a sudden she thinks that she's really somebody special. Well, as we continue to read the scripture, it says in verse number 23, but he who was of the bondwoman, was born after the flesh. But he that is of the free woman by promise. And here it's important to understand, we were promised the Messiah, the anointed one, the Christ, that he would come one day and that he would crush the head of the serpent and that he himself would have his heel wounded by the serpent. The promise was, that Abraham would have a son out of his own loins with Sarah. The promise was that through Isaac's descendants, the Messiah would come. And he would be the one that would, of course, not only die for our sins, but actually uh, take away the uh, power and authority with which the devil had reigned, which was death and hell. And Jesus took the keys away. But also the bondage of sin into which man was born. Uh, Jesus came to give a death blow to that to make it now possible for us to walk in the Spirit and not just simply live and work out our lives in and through this flesh. Even though we live in this physical human body, we have our existence through it. The Apostle Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. And not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me. Living out our life by faith. The promise of, and in the Old Testament, the just shall live by faith. And in the New Testament, we that are righteous because of Christ, his righteousness imputed unto us, we have the right and we are supposed to be walking and living by faith also. The example being that that means that Isaac was the son of promise. Abraham had to hold on to that promise from the moment that it was given unto him until Sarah actually delivered Isaac. But Hagar, she was not given a promise. Abraham was not given a promise. But that was a choice that was made by Sarah. Look, I want to have a, a child, and I want to have it in this manner. Here is my maidservant uh, going unto her. And sure enough, the flesh was the one that made the choice. The flesh was the one that made the decision. Now, when you stop and think about it, how many times have we, in our walk and life here on this earth, after having known Christ, decide that we make a choice or decision that is based on the flesh? In other words, it's based on the bondwoman or Ishmael, 
or we make a choice based on the promise of God, of what he has said concerning his provision, his help, his comfort, his love, his protection, and all of these things that go along with it. When we walk in the Spirit, we are led by the Spirit of God. When we walk in the Spirit, it's not just a one-time thing for a decision that we've made, but we have to live and continue in the Spirit. The walking in the flesh, it's not just a one-time thing, but the flesh has its desires. The flesh has its works, as Paul identifies them in Galatians chapter 5. And those works do not lead or tend unto life. They do not produce any good results whatsoever. In fact, those works are trying to accomplish the total opposite of what the Spirit is trying to accomplish in us. Only by and through the Holy Spirit in our lives as we yield unto Him on a daily basis do we develop that walk and that lifestyle with Him. That is the ultimate way to overcome the flesh. The cross has applied death to the flesh. The resurrection power of the Spirit of God applies life to us to be able to walk and live a new spiritual life, which was unattainable, unavailable, and impossible. So that the fruit now, not the works, but that the fruit that is in, that is in production in our lives is not out of a struggle, it's not out of self-effort. It's not even difficult because it is a work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And as he works in our lives, then we begin to see that there was no struggle. Once the promise came to Hagar, um, excuse me, to Sarah, it was not difficult within that specified time that the Lord had said to Abraham and to Sarah that she would be a mother and that he would be a father. At that moment, when that time was given, it was not a struggle. It was fulfilled. But before that, since they were not, or when we uh, use the word in comparison to walking in the flesh, they were not walking according to the promise, but they were walking according to a self-made decision. And the, the problem with self-made decisions is that if they are not born of God in our heart, if they're not initiated of God in our lives, the actions and consequences of those decisions can follow us through the rest of our lives, and even further. In this case, the actions of Hagar and Abraham resulted in an entire lineage that has always been contrary to fighting against and wanting to eliminate the Jews or the Israelites or the people of Israel. And to this very day, this continues to 
be a part of the world that we live in. But it all resulted in one decision between Sarah and Abraham to follow along those lines. Many times, it, I mean, we can, we can say uh, uh, an individual, uh, he makes a decision to get drunk or, or, or to violate someone or, or to rob or to steal or to kill somebody. The, the actions that take place and the consequences of choosing something according to the works of the flesh and or the works of the law that I'm going to try to do this on my own, can be catastrophic. That individual, let's say he has a wife and a family, all of a sudden is now going to have the consequences of possibly uh, going to prison, uh, maybe even for a lifetime or even sentenced to death. That family is going to have to struggle uh, because uh, the the man who was the provider or... Uh, uh, is the one that actually uh, kept, let's say, the household together, is no longer going to be present, and the consequences of how those kids uh, grow up and the choices they have to make. And then you can see a pattern develop. But it all came out of the result of just one choice of the flesh. Hagar represents that one choice to be under the law, to be under Hagar, the bond woman. She was not the free woman like Sarah. To be under the flesh instead of under the promise. Christ came so that we would no longer be under the curse, but we would be freed from it. Christ came so that we would be able to live a blessed life, not one that was continually under uh, a curse, a life where we could be healed in our soul, be healed in our spirit, be healed in our body. He came to bless us, uh, that the blessing of Abraham would come upon us, meaning that the promise of the Holy Spirit that was promised to them would also come upon us, the Gentiles, and be able to be uh, grafted in to the covenants of God, grafted into the blessings of God, grafted into the uh, all the things that were meant not just for the Jewish uh, or the Israelite people that followed the law, but to everyone that believed, just like Abraham believed, that God imputes not our sins, but he imputes righteousness to us if we believe and trust in Christ. So consider this. The next decision that you have to make today, the next decision that you have to make next week, consider the allegory that is given to us by the Apostle Paul concerning the end results. Uh, the consequences can be tremendous or the blessings can be extended as great in our lives. Well, join us tomorrow. We'll pick up along these lines, but consider the allegory, you can actually spend time reading the rest of that chapter till the end, from verse 21 to the end, and you will find that it is uh, of, of great interest, or of verse 31, uh, to us, so that uh, we're not children of the bondwoman, we wind up being children of the free. The Lord richly and fully bless you, in Jesus' name, amen.